You are listening to the Baby Sleep Answers Podcast, the podcast that answers all your baby sleep questions, but it's also just your friend in your ear here to let you know it's normal to struggle, it's normal to have anxiety, and it's normal to want to sleep more. Good morning or afternoon, I guess. I don't know where you are listening from. Uh, Do tell me where you're listening from. I love to hear. I know someone's listening in Germany weekly, and I love that. Someone is listening in Australia, and I love that. But yeah, (laughs) email me to know where you're talking from or you're listening in from, and I'll give you a little shout out too. Today, we're going to talk about week four. Week four, again, is not like hugely different from week three. It's more of just, you know, you're getting a little bit in the hang of things, but you also feel like you're never going to get the hang of things. And I think my volume is too loud. Let me put it lower. Here we go. I'm still figuring this out. I know I promised I would have had everything figured out. Nope, too low, too low. All right, here we go. Hopefully this is better. Hopefully this is not screaming in your ear and I don't have you playing little uh, volume (laughs) Olympics on your phone or wherever you're listening from. But anyways, fourth week, I think this is a big milestone because you're going to end up your first month and you're going to look back and be like, what the heck just happened? I don't even know what happened in my first week. I don't know what we're doing, but we're, we're just trekking on. We still probably aren't sleeping very much. Right now, a very typical sleep schedule at night would be something like three to four hours, then two, then two, then two. Um, something a little bit more typical with people who seek me out is more like one and a half, two hours, one and a half, two hours, you know, and you're just still trying to figure things out. This is a point where you can really kind of buckle down and be like, all right, first three weeks, we just made it through. Now we can try to figure out a little bit of a schedule and not a schedule as in like, she's going to go to bed at eight and wake up at 10, but more like, okay, when we wake up and if you can kind of have a wake up time where you're waking up, you know, baby at 8 a.m. instead of sleeping sometimes till 10, sometimes at 7. You can try to kind of make a wake-up time and then aim for about an hour of being awake before you aim for that first nap. And then after that nap ends, you can aim again for another hour and then nap like that and then aim for about an hour and a half of wake time before bedtime unless your last nap happens to be really short then aim for only like 45 minutes usually uh like a semi-schedule that i see pupping up around four weeks is that that last nap starts at seven and ends anywhere between eight and nine and then an hour later we do bedtime so a lot of parents have a baby who naps from seven to eight and then they go to bed at nine nine thirty is obviously not going to be everyone and don't freak out if that's not anywhere near what you are but that's just kind of like a good sample schedule to know that a lot of babies are in that range and if you're not going to sleep until 11 or 12 yet that's completely normal still part of that is because babies still not creating their own melatonin so they're not going with the sun and the sun is what helps us kind of regulate and that's why a lot of of babies and toddlers do need to sleep around 7 or 8 p.m because that's around the time the sun sets and that's when they're creating their melatonin four-week-olds don't don't do that yet they rely on melatonin from breast milk and i don't want to lie here i don't know if (laughs) formula has melatonin i'd be i'd be kind of surprised uh but they they rely on external factors to go to sleep babies are able to fall asleep at this age i wouldn't say expected though because it really depends on the baby's personality how much they want to be held how much they like to snuggle and also if there's nothing else wrong if there's no reflux no eczema no gas and so 
this is a stage where you can say, you know what, everything is going well. We can lay baby down and see what happens. I don't mean <laughs> let baby down and let him scream for half an hour and be like, why aren't they falling asleep? But more like, hey, you know, we're respecting baby's wake windows. It's been about an hour, almost an hour. Let's put baby in their crib and walk away and see what happens. And there, a lot of parents at this point are very surprised. They're like, oh my gosh, Andrea, you were right. She just, she just fell asleep. And of course, a lot of parents are going to be like, no, that is not my child. But let's talk about that because sometimes people are like, that's definitely not my child. My child is screaming all day long. And that is important to know because if at four weeks, your baby is screaming all day long, there is something wrong. A baby should not be screaming all day long. And I, I'm going to get some, <laughs> what's it called? People telling me off for doing that and making people worried if their child is screaming. But no, screaming all day long is not normal. Screaming most of the day is not normal. There is something wrong. And what I mean by something wrong is they could have reflux. They could have air trapped for whatever reason. They could have, they could be hungry. They could not be eating sufficiently if they have a tongue tie or a lip tie or any kind of mouth tie. Uh, and it's really frustrating at this point because a lot of doctors don't believe in lip ties and tongue ties. And I've seen a lot of clients who will tell me like, no, my doctor says we're fine. But baby has, you know, an extraordinary lip tie who's not eating well, is always hungry, always has reflux. They go and treat it and then they're better. Do I think every baby has a tongue tie? No. Do I think every little tongue tie should be treated? No. To the point that I never, you know, one of my kids has a pretty decent tongue tie, but he slept okay and there was nothing huge. So I never dealt with it. But if your baby is screaming a lot at this point, at four weeks and on, do try to figure out why they're screaming. I remember... <laughs> I used to follow this one uh, person on Instagram who has a lot of medical authority and she said, you know, if you just get tired of figuring out, that's okay. Just, you don't have to figure everything out. Kids are just going to be upset sometimes. And I vehemently disagree with that. I think it is our jobs. We are our our baby's mo own <laughs> attorney. Nobody else is going to speak up for them. And I don't like the idea of just accepting that babies are just in pain. Like, what have you, you said? <laughs> I, I guess kind of how we treat a lot of people, I guess, especially in healthcare in the US. I don't want to get into a conversation about healthcare, but pain is just treated as part of life. And we just, you know, take care of pain instead of going deep into the root cause of pain. And that's just kind of an, uh, an, what's the word attitude that a lot of people have adopted for themselves and for their family members and for babies you know that's why people call it colic because you can't really do anything you just let it you know you they have to outgrow it but that's just not a thing that's just no there's no actual research that says colic just goes away on its own and you have to endure months and months of screaming until it just goes away so obviously everyone has their own health care um, philosophies, but my philosophy is if baby is crying, we do want to figure it out. And I, I, I personally know it's exhausting. I, if you have mentioned a few times, if you follow me, you know, my baby girl had a screaming, screaming fits at night for months on end. And I consulted so many people. We spent thousands of dollars trying to figure out I, you have no idea how many people I reached out to and it was exhausting and it was, you know, taking over my life, but I knew she was uncomfortable. I knew I could help her. And eventually we did. We figured out what it was. We finally talked to the right person and she was fine after that. So many people told me it was, she would just outgrow it. And the thing is, she still hasn't outgrown the actual issue that we had. We, we just know what to do. We know what to avoid. We know how to take care of her. We know how to, you know, decrease flare-ups or avoid flare-ups. Um, and so I'm a huge, huge proponent, proponent, 
what is that word? Oh my gosh. Uh, my words are just gone. I used to, I was an English major, y'all. I, I used to use big words in all my essays. Um, I believe, I support, I'm a huge fan <laughs> of really following through and figuring out what's wrong with baby and not just accepting that they're crying and it's okay for babies to cry. Now, of course, it is okay for babies to cry a little bit. You know, tired babies will cry, bored babies will cry, babies will cry when they're hungry or when someone looked at them the wrong way. Um, you know, a lot of baby girls are afraid of men with mustaches and beards, and that's just a thing. It's I'm not saying crying is, you know, avoid it, avoid it. I just mean screaming a lot, and if something concerns you, follow that path and try to figure it out. Of course, I'm not trying to make anyone a hypochondriac, but do listen to your baby and do listen to your gut because that's one of the most honestly priceless things that you have. Something else you might notice at this point is, you know, growth spurts are slowing down. The first few weeks you have a lot of growth spurts. And what I mean by growth spurts is they wake up and they want to eat all night and maybe even all day nonstop. And you're wondering if there's something wrong. Around four weeks, those slow down. You'll probably see another major one at six weeks and then another one at eight weeks and then maybe another one at 12 weeks. But it's not so much like the first few weeks where it's like every few days you have these random growth spurts, these cluster feeding sessions, they do slow down. So you can start seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. But of course, it's still four week old and you're still four weeks postpartum, whether you're mom or dad. And so do have a lot of grace on yourself. There is no rush. Um, yesterday, actually, I dropped off my firstborn. It's weird to call him firstborn, but my oldest kid at first grade. And I was like, wow, like how, how is he so old? I still think I'm like a young 22 year old fresh off college. Um, but so much has gone on. I can't even like remember who I was when I had a four week old and it just goes so fast. I was talking to a client actually yesterday. She's like, you know how they say like the days are long, but the years are short. She's like, they were right. Cause baby's all almost six months. And I was like, I know my baby's six years old. So if it feels like this is awful and you can't imagine living your, the rest of your life, looking at wake windows, looking at sleep cues, trying to figure out when you'll sleep more, please know this is such a short time. I don't mean that as like, don't even complain, just hold on to your baby, but just know that it's going to get better. If it's just kind of miserable right now, you are going to have the tools. You are going to help your baby sleep by themselves and you are going to sleep one day. Um, unless you opt for co-sleeping <laughs> your two-year-old like I do and she comes into our bed every night at 2 a.m. Um, but that's just, I mean, that's just an option. I really, really enjoy it. But one day you will sleep and you will be well rested enough to not remember any of this. And so I do want you to know that it's going to get better, that you're going to sleep one day and that you will be happy <laughs> if you don't feel happy. And if you do feel happy with a four week old, then that is just amazing. I love that for you. I, this is the end of my first four week series. I hope it was helpful. I hope you have shared it with so many moms. I had no idea what sleep would look like when I had a baby. And so I really wanted to make sure this was out over there for someone to listen to while they're nursing or while they're wondering, is my baby, you know, is there something wrong with my baby because they're eating a lot or they're not sleeping a lot? 
And so that's why I created this series. If you enjoyed it, please, again, share it with people, share it with new moms that might need it, new parents, new dads also. And if you want more information about babies, be sure to go to babysleepanswers.com slash podcast and just sign up for my monthly tips. Every month, you, you put in your baby's um, birth date or due date, and then every month that they turn a new month, you'll get an email with a little paragraph about what you can expect for their sleep, what you're probably seeing, what's normal, what's not, and then some resources, some blog posts or podcast episodes for you to listen to. So it is priceless. Again, babysleepanswers.com slash podcast, and then just go to the freebies part of that little website.